podcast. I am coming at you with an introduction today because Christina deserves an introduction. Christina is ideal student, such a great friend of mine. She is our special guest on the podcast today and I met her back when I was teaching my meditation class at NLA at Natural Law Apothecary in downtown Salt Lake and she was in town on a job for only a little while. Her stint in Salt Lake City was very short but we stayed in touch and um, when I very first launched my very first coaching program, Sanctuary, a year ago, Christina was the very first person to say, I'm in, sign me up. And it's crazy that it was a year ago that we started our journey together. It feels like we've been together for lifetimes, and she's just such a dear sister of mine. And as I'm listening to this conversation and editing it, I'm just feeling that like deep, rich love that Christina has for herself and the earth, you know? It's this reverence. My body is from the earth, and and I love the earth, and I love my body, and and that frequency can just, you know, be woven through all of the women that she meets. And that's why I was really excited to bring her on today to, you know, have someone else inspire you. So Christina is also in my virtual yoga studio. She's a member of Sunrise and she lives in Hawaii and she catches all the replays. And um, she also was one of the original members of that group as well. So I bring that up because Sunrise is opening for the next two weeks. So this is coming out on Sunday. For the next two weeks, I'm opening the doors of the studio. You can drop into a class for free. Our classes, our live classes are Tuesdays and Thursdays at 7 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. That's 6 a.m. if you're on the Pacific Coast. It's uh, 9 a.m. if you're on the East Coast. And uh, I would love to welcome you to join us to see what it's like. We all get up at sunrise and we move through our yoga practices together. And I teach yoga as energy mastery. It's not a workout, but side effects of becoming more strong and more flexible are just a part of the way I teach my classes. But the idea is actually to get out of bed and before you do anything, you prepare your body physical, energetic, mental, wisdom, bliss, body for your day so that we we leave our mats and we go into our days as the best version of ourselves that we can possibly be. Now the best part about Sunrise is that after the class is done, after the live class is done, I immediately upload it to our memberships page um, that's on my website. And so if you miss the classes, or if you can never make the 7 a.m.s like Christina, you can always have a fresh class on that page Tuesdays and Thursdays to go and check out. And because I started the membership page six months ago, there's now six months worth of recorded classes that will start you from beginner. And, you know, I've been building up my students to become more and more advanced. And 
Um, so you can explore all of those classes. That's a ton of classes. On Tuesdays, we have a little bit of an easier class where we're just kind of getting into the body, just kind of accessing the body at the beginning of the week. Then on Thursday, I give you a little bit more of a playful, maybe a little bit more of a challenging class. So you can go explore those. But also, since I've started this virtual studio, I've been making yin classes, beginner yoga classes, little, you know, guided meditations, asana, posture tutorials, and breakdowns. And you guys, the, the whole point of sunrise yoga is to get you back on your mat and into your practice. So many people kind of gave up on their spiritual practices in the last two years, especially their asana yoga practice. Studios closed down, you know, and a lot of people just didn't want to practice at home. And I'm here to inspire you to create a space in your home where you can practice every day or even just twice a week with us or even just on the times when you need that practice for yourself. And when you're in this membership, you have all of that on demand. You have your yogi community. You have all of us supporting you. You have the live classes twice a week. You also can get 50% off one-on-one sessions with me if you wanted to do some private sessions. And it's only $60 a month. This is like another one of my most accessible offerings ever. Um, And you can just sign up using the tap link in my bio or message me if you have some questions. If you want to come to a free class, just get in touch with me so that I can send you the link so that you can join us and try it out. I know that after one class with me, you'll feel so good. You'll be like, okay, where do I sign up? I might be pretty confident in my teaching abilities that way. So, um, you know, you guys, I've been practicing yoga since I was eight years old and I was born to teach these classes. So I'm excited to welcome in a new group of students for fall to add on to the amazing students that we already have. And I just love the idea of getting cozy into my winter yoga practice, waking up a little earlier, it's totally dark out, make a little bit of tea, turn on some music, light some candles and you know, wear my fuzzy socks and just what a beautiful way to start those cold winter days together on our mats, getting that heat flowing in our bodies. So you can join us there. Christina is a part of the gang. So many of you who listen who are part of it. And maybe there's some of you who listen that you've been wanting to join and the doors have been closed all summer. So now is your chance to get in with us. I'm so excited to welcome you in. Just get in touch with me if you have any more questions about my virtual yoga studio, Sunrise, and our little Sunrise Sangha. Okay, you guys, you're in for a treat with this episode with Christina today. She is just such a little gem of a human. If you are a woman and you are loving this episode, share it with your man, right? Like, let him have a listen. And if you are a person who bleeds and you felt, you know, any sort of inspiration or support or love from us during this episode, we would both love to hear from you. And I will let you get on with it. Here, here it is, babe. Hello and welcome to Lioness Podcast with me, your host, Jane Lyon. I'm so excited right now. I'm like, calm down, Jane, relaxed. One of my favorite humans ever is going to be on the show today. Miss Christina Winkler, we have her here. Say hello. Hello. (laughs) Hi, everybody. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh my gosh, I'm just all day. It's been like, I have, I mean, I was messaging you this morning, like we live such nice lives. I'm like, I have just a few things to do today. And like the highest thing I'm looking forward to is just getting on a Zoom call with you and talking and recording it and sharing it with people because you're one of those, well, we'll get into how, how we met, but you're one of those friends of mine that like, same thing with everyone I've had on the show. When we have a conversation, I'm like, oh, we should have recorded that. That was gold. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just super excited to have you on the show today. And Christina, as of today, I'm going to refer to her as a freelance farmer because I just love that that's where you're at right now. <laughs> yes. Um, but I'd love for you to just kind of tell us, like, who are you today? Who are you right now? Yeah. So right now I am a permaculture learner. <laughs> I am in the in the learning phase of how to grow food and how to create systems that work with the earth and with mm. people and yeah, what that looks like right now in this new chapter that I recently have started is um, what you said, freelance farming. <laughs> so I'm finding different people who are property owners or farm owners of some sort and finding ways that I can help out. So it's kind of interesting, you know, my every week is different. I've only been doing this specific type of situation for less than a month now. Um, but yeah, it's been really exciting. And I'm also in devotion with you. So really <laughs> feeling dedicated to my personal practices and diving into mm -hmm. the yogic path and what that means for me. Mm -hmm. And I'm also in another three month container that's called Embodied Feminine Guide and diving mm -hmm. all into how different aspects of feminine leadership that I can take on and integrate into all these other different passions I have. So I feel like I'm kind of at this crossroads where I'm looking at all these things that I'm interested in and I'm trying to figure out a way to make it all fit and make it all work. Mm -hmm. And I'm doing it while living on the big island in Hawaii, which is just a dream come true. Honestly, I've found so many amazing people here who are like family to me now and a beautiful community of like-minded people, farmers, people who are dedicated to, to the life of self-sufficiency and nutritious high vibe food and sharing meals with one another and information. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, it's, it really is mind blowing <laughs> the mm -hmm. way, the way things have unfolded. And I feel like I'm kind of on a accelerated path here it's like things happen really quickly mm -hmm. and every month seems like really different than the last one wow. so we'll see where where this all takes me but yeah it's been a oh gosh. okay there's two things here the the first one is well they're they're the same i feel like you have been freelance farming on a level already i just want to give you that credit like this whole time you've been doing this work, you've just been like at one solid place. 
and mm -hmm. now you're you're more of a wandering farmer and <laughs> and you've been it's it's it, you know when i i remember we started our work together like over, uh, over a year ago almost almost i think it was last um august yeah yeah because i remember we finished around september. your birthday september yeah it yeah. was we started in september i think oh my goodness wow it's only yeah. been one year that I know. is wild <laughs> so let me stay with what i'm thinking here you were saying i wanna you know you wanted to learn about permaculture and learn more about farming and 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 you you're you're doing the thing and now you're freelance farming helping people and sharing skills and learning so much from all of these people and i want you to explain to my audience and i feel like you kind of did but it might not be very clear what is the difference between regular agricultural farming and permaculture and perma farming yeah so one of the biggest differences well, when you think of traditional agriculture, especially in the United States, like in the Midwest, mm -hmm. you can think of that, the monocrop where you have fields and fields and actually also California, pretty much anywhere, actually, <laughs> we get our <laughs> yeah. food from in the grocery store. It usually comes from a monoculture, which means you're just growing one type of food on that land. Mm -hmm. And so, first of all, that's not very helpful for the environment because that plant is depleting the soil of the same nutrients. And if, if you keep planting that same thing, it's going to keep depleting that same nutrient and you're really reliant on inputs, fertilizers, typically chemical, which is like another mm -hmm. huge reason um, for wanting to learn about permaculture is how to do it organically, which is a whole nother, like just, you can dive so deep into that. And what, what does that mean? And you know, what kind of products are certified organic versus not, and what does it take to do that kind of farming? But um, yeah, permaculture is really just the idea of creating a food system that works with the natural earth system. So you're companion planting, you're planting mm. a tomato with a basil plant because the basil will, um, Deter, like what's that word will deter certain pests that mm -hmm. the tomato plant attracts so it's really like finding this symbiotic relationship between all of the different parts of a food system which is food mm -hmm. water and the life in the farm so all insects and things like that too mm -hmm. so it's something where it's alive it's not this like sterile environment that you mm -hmm think of when you see just rows and rows of crops, it's 20 different plants all in one bed. Like, honestly, mm -hmm. you can have that many and yeah. you can, you know, have flowers that attract bees that then help pollinate your, your eggplant or anything like that. So it's really, there's a lot to it. I think that's, it's a really broad subject, kind of hard to summarize, but mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. I think that you summarized it so well. And I guess I just, you know, this show, I feel like I've said the word global climate change on this show way more than I was planning on it. And I think that it's such an intrinsic part of the way that my brain works that I would like to tie as much of that consciousness into the show as I can. Um, because 
it is all tied together. And I just think that the fact that you just explained farming in like, like this is permaculture is, is pretty radical, right? Mm -hmm. But you're just describing like, we're just working with nature so that we don't like destroy the, the soil of the earth. And then all of the biodiversity that like, this is one thing that I like wish we could really all understand about the way that we grow crops in the United States is that when we have this monoculture, there is only one thing that's thriving in that place. And it's just like industrial farming. Like it's just so hard on the environment. And I want you to imagine like the difference of what it might be like to just live and breathe somewhere where it's acres and acres of just almond trees or what it might be like where it's acres and acres or even one small acre of all the fruits and vegetables you could ever need, all the flowers and herbs you could need to take care of yourself and others. You're attracting all kinds of animals to the space. Maybe you're even trying to create a whole nother space like to be a sanctuary for animals. It's like, why is that radical? Why is it this new age thing that you're trying so hard to study? Yeah, and actually this is a really big point that I'm really, really excited that you brought that up because it's something that I always have to remind myself Permaculture is indigenous knowledge. It is not new. <laughs> this is not a new idea. It's not a new concept. Yeah. No white person came up with it. We cannot claim that. It's really yeah. like, it's really remembering practices that were done before. <laughs> it's like, mm -hmm. it's not, mm -hmm. it's, it's really in response to the globalized food system becoming so massive yeah. so that and the exploitation of workers that allows for this kind of system to even operate. And so now permaculture is kind of just that counter movement to that. Mm -hmm. But I do always remind myself, like I am learning what, what has come before me. None of this is me or the teacher who taught it to me. Mm -hmm. That's not their knowledge. Like indigenous people all over the world have known how to do this because they had to before there was a global economy. So mm -hmm. it's like, I love that fact. And I just always come back to that as like, yeah. stay humble about it. You know, this is not some, this is, this is knowledge that elders mm -hmm. on this land, even in yeah. Hawaii, like I uh, was at the farm I was living at and there was an uncle that was there who'd lived on the Island for his whole life. And he was explaining to me all of the different parts of the Kalo plant, which is like one of the most sacred Hawaiian plants. It's said to have sustained the very first Hawaiian people. Mm -hmm. And he was just telling me all these stories about it and how to, how to care for the plant and how to use all the different parts and ways to incorporate it into your system. And I'm just like, wow, that's, yeah, this is yeah. like, I need you to know this. Mm -hmm. I can't turn to a permaculture teacher for that. This is mm -hmm. like knowledge that is about this land that I'm on. Mm -hmm. So that's another really cool that. thing that I like integrating is like, it's there, there are a lot of, a lot of um, rich landowners, you can say mm -hmm. <laughs> out here in Hawaii. And it's nice to still get that connection to people who are from here mm -hmm. and who still have that native mm -hmm. knowledge plants and the land. It's really beautiful. Mm. Yes. Yeah. And I feel like a big part of what you're doing is 
is collecting all of that and just honoring that and that's all all I was hearing I'm like so you mean like indigenous style farming and taking care of things so um gosh as much as I just want to jam with you about agriculture and permaculture and all that fun stuff um I have some very specific things that I wanted to talk to you about today and where would I like to begin? On my last episode, I was talking a little bit about how I felt like I wasn't really honoring my cycle, like when my moon cycle started. And I had all this stuff planned and I was doing all this stuff and my body was like, what are you doing? Like, why aren't you resting? And I was just kind of like, shit, sorry. I got all this stuff I gotta do. And and I've been kind of voice messaging you through that because I feel like my symptoms of like exhaustion and irritability and being really internal have been like very drawn out. And I don't like this internal stage that I'm in right now. And in, in general, I just, you know, as you being my friend, I just wanted to, you know, see your thoughts and all of that. And I just have watched you be on this journey of coming into such depth with what I would call like womb womb wisdom and like connected to the moon and with your menstrual cycle and just and just like loving that and it's it's something that I can see that you're so passionate about that you've studied so much that you're kind of that friend that I like go to and I'm like okay I'm I'm really blowing it with this stuff I need your help so the first question that I have for you is just kind of like how did you even get into caring about your cycle? Because I think most of us are taught to not care about it and not talk about it and act like it's not even a thing. So I think there's got to be a day when you decide to care about it. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's funny because I was it's pretty easy to remember because it's not that long ago. Mm. Um yeah, I think my the first well the first experience, which is a prolonged one, that has led me to this desire to learn about it is the fact that I was on hormonal birth control mm. on the pill. Um, I think since high school and all throughout college, and I was horrible at it. <laughs> I never took it at the same time. I would skip days sometimes, which would then cause withdrawal bleeding. And then I'd continue to take it. And it was just all over the place. But I convinced myself that, well, even if it's not all the way effective, I still should be taking this because I really don't want to get pregnant. So I really need to focus on this. Like, just go for it. Just do it. Doesn't matter. There's no consequences to this. Um, Yeah. And I was horrible. Like, it's really, it's honestly sad. I remember even telling a gynecologist about it. Like, you know, I don't, I'm not good at this, but I'm scared of all the other uh, types of birth control. And they were just kind of like, yeah, try to take it at the same time. And, you know, just keep trying. And I'm like, okay. And that's another side topic. It's just very horrible gynecologist experiences. Never Mm -hmm. a good one. (laughs) It's always been Mm -hmm. very impersonal not educational. Um, 
usually leading me down a path that I now realize is like actually detrimental to my health. But besides the point, um, once I did, once I decided, I just decided one day, like, I'm not taking this anymore. It literally doesn't do anything. <laughs> like, I know I'm not getting the effectiveness because I'm not even taking it correctly. So mm-hmm. we're just going to be done. So I just completely quit taking it. And yeah, there's actually, it's a process to get your cycle back even because birth control is actually a synthetic. It's causing a fake period. So when you're on birth control, it's not actually, you're not actually having your period. It's your withdrawal bleeding when you stop taking those synthetic hormones, which is why there's the, the seven day sugar pills in the 28 day birth control pack. And that's why I would bleed every time I stopped taking them out of order. So just that realization first, I just was like, this just can't be right. I just, I know (laughs) this is right. And it kind of aligns with a lot of other things. Like I care about what food I eat. I care about what products I use. So just in that kind of thought process, birth control was also something that came up. And Mm -hmm. yeah, once I stopped taking it, it was definitely difficult because I had more severe symptoms again mainly just cramping, um, that could be pretty severe. Like that would make me even nauseous and unable to get out of bed for the first day sometimes. And yeah, I just, it wasn't a fun experience, but I felt really determined that at that point I felt determined that my body is meant to hold this pain. I'm, I'm meant my, I'm built to go through this and I know I can. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to, (laughs) I'm going to like, I know I, I, this is a part of being a woman and I'm going to accept it. So that was kind of like one level of acceptance of stepping into this. And then when I moved to Hawaii and I, I, I've done some, some work with trying to eat healthier and I've researched different ways of like, okay, how can I lessen these symptoms that I'm having. And I'd really think that in general mine, I would call them more mild. They were Mm -hmm. never, never consistently horrible. The first day was, you know, sometimes it would even just be like just cramping. And I would still, like you said, go, go about my day. Um, at that point, I really wasn't honoring myself very well yet, Mm -hmm. but as soon as I got to Hawaii, wow, I, just completely transformed my diet. I thought I had eaten healthy before. I've been vegan for over two years, I think two years now, and vegetarian for five. And I've always been health conscious the last, like all throughout college and and up until now, but not really. Like when I really look Mm -hmm. back, there was so many things I was doing that were not helping me that were causing inflammation in my body and just things like processed food in general. And so I just had such this transformation where I was eating so many fresh fruits and vegetables and then staple products like lentils, beans, oats, rice, quinoa, and yeah, still some special treats here and there. Like I didn't completely give up all, all, um, pleasure items, you know, like I drink kombucha. (laughs) I do like, you know, there's still, I eat chocolate. I'm I still have sugar and it's still something I'm working with. It's not this, like, I didn't flip a switch and just totally know how to eat this way, but right away, I just 
instantly my my first moon cycle while on the island fell on a new moon mm. and I was just like wow I'm so happy <laughs> like it feels so aligned it's something that I really wanted to feel connected to in that way and yeah there was also a woman uh soul sister forever her name is actually soul too which is funny um soul my soul sister um she held a women's circle for the people living at the farm and we kind of we went around the circle and just told our story of our connection to our to our period and if to birth control or literally to anything you want Mm -hmm. and just opened up the space to talk about it and it was really intense like there's so much emotion behind it that we're not Mm -hmm. allowed to talk about it's like it's actually it's not easy everyone has a pretty I mean sometimes traumatic story Mm -hmm. like there's it's always to me some level of like neglect from either the medical system Mm -hmm. from ourselves from other people in the way that are the way they treat us while we're on our period or the way we treat ourselves and talk about ourselves like so many layers to it and we did a womb meditation and yeah it was just this really beautiful experience and I just was like whoa I want to do this I want to help people with this I want to continue learning about my cycle and just that community around the topic felt really just profound to me because I'd never really done that and another a side note too one of the interesting things or one of the things I was most interested in too was helping people I knew pay attention to their cycle more too. And mainly I was really focused on pain. So if I heard someone who was in a lot of pain, I would be like, okay, what are your symptoms? And like, just not kind of almost like play doctor, but just give them any tips if they were open to hearing them. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so that's been another thing. I just, in general, I started personally bringing up the conversation with others and just being mm-hmm. more open about it which really has helped me to kind of step into this role where I don't, it doesn't have that same sense of like taboo-ness yeah. to it. I will bring it up to anyone and everyone and it feels really good that way. And um, Soul also taught us, everyone living at the farm, including men who wanted to listen, which is really cool. Um, she showed us a kind of like a circle pie chart with every day is a little slice and you can track in just a couple words, your emotional body and your physical body, mm. just a couple words about those. Like, are you experiencing symptoms? It can, and it's just throughout the entire month. So really it's, it, it's going to be all over the place and it's going to include things that you might not see are directly related to your cycle, but just that daily check-in I think is so important. And it kind of reminds me of meditation it's that same thing. It's just that check-in, like, how am I doing today? Where am I at? And also uh, noting what sign the moon is in, which mm. was very new to me. I had not realized that there might be patterns in myself looking at my own uh, chart versus what sign the moon is in and how that would affect me. And I was mentioning this to you also earlier about Ayurveda, maybe my, the, my body's constitution, if I'm really fiery, if the mm-hmm. moon goes into a fiery sign, then how can that affect me? And it just now became more of this observational 
experiment <laughs> of yes. just like, what is my cycle? Like, I don't even know. I, I don't have this knowledge. I had barely been tracking it really mm. well. Cause even as I cared about it before moving here, I didn't really track it. I wasn't mm-hmm. really counting the number of days. And that's really important because the more I learn about it, you, you, you knowing whether your period is regular or irregular is actually a vital sign of your body's health. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually reading a book that's called the fifth vital sign. And mm-hmm. It really is that it's like, it's just as important as your temperature and your, your blood pressure and your heart rate. It literally Mm -hmm. tells you how your body is doing. And so, yeah, the first couple months I was on the Island, my, my periods have been very long and I'm like, like pretty long, like more than I had one, my one cycle was 52 days. And so a cycle, you count your cycle. The cycle is day one is when you start your period. And the last day of your cycle is the day before your next period starts. Mm -hmm. So that's why we're talking about like 28 to 32 cycle. That's like the number you're looking for. And then the numbers that you're, the number of days that you're bleeding is typically usually five, but can be anywhere from like three to seven. So a cycle length of 52 is very long. And even when I was in the thirties, 36, that's still really long forties, still really long. So I also started realizing like something isn't right. Like there's something going on that has changed. And it also can just be because not having birth control, it's been a while now since I have had it. So it's, it's, it's also so hard because so many things go into it. So it's really hard to pinpoint exactly. But So then I'm looking at this now, this knowledge of, okay, my cycles are really long. Why is this happening? Um, I reached out to an amazing sister on the island and she does womb massage. And I received one from her and super beautiful. She is so skilled. She does a, it's almost, it's also like in your, just your full abdomen area plus like your actual womb space and leading you leading me through um prayers and intention and um just like playing the drum over me and mantras and a lot of almost like womb energy work as well as the physical massage Mm -hmm. and something that we kind of concluded for myself and she also was like okay i'm not a I'm not giving you a diagnosis. I'm just offering something that could be happening for you. Um, But she said that she had noticed physical, something physical on my left, left ovary, Mm -hmm. like felt than my right. And before I was also talking to her just about, you know, I feel really out of touch of my feminine. I just feel really... Mm -hmm aware of how much I've been conditioned to be Mm -hmm. in this push, 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 show up, go after things, exert yourself, be the leader, like just always like, and I felt very out of touch of that feminine trust, the feminine Mm -hmm. flow, the feminine ability to magnetize and be graceful. And, you know, just that whatever qualities I had in my mind about it, I just felt really out of touch with it. And 
so I've kind of concluded that for me, this is related. It's energetic yeah. plus physical. So mm-hmm. there's so many things that could be obviously, um, stress on any level can affect me, which I've also heard that from a naturopathic doctor about a different medical, uh, thing that we were going over. And that's true for anyone. Honestly, mm-hmm. your body responds. It's so intelligent. It knows when something's not working, not in alignment, and it's going to use for women or people who bleed your period. So it's, it's, yeah. And so now it's just become a really important thing for me because I want to figure this out. It's, it's still not solved (laughs) currently Mm -hmm. right now. I'm in like, I haven't, I should be starting any, any day and it's, I'm in like day 35 again. And it's, it's, it's frustrating, but I know Mm -hmm. that, um, I also at the end of the massage that I received, uh, she actually teaches you how to do it yourself. So it's beautiful because she really says like, okay, you don't need to book with me again. I'm going to show you how to do this. And so, yeah, it's been really interesting of like, if I don't, if I don't prioritize that though, then, you know, that's on me. And it's just, it's that same thing of like showing up for myself, showing up literally for my womb so that I can have a cycle that is healthy. Mm -hmm. So that's a pretty long story, but it's, um, yeah, it's just, it's intense for me because it's like, I want to teach about it and I want to help other people, but really coming from a space of, I am in the same place. I am just trying to figure it out. I do not know how it exactly works. I do not know why everything happens and I'll never claim to because everybody is just so different. And there's so many factors and it's just not something I ever want to convince people (laughs) that I know all the things, but I, what I do know is that we live in a society that does not support the way that women's bodies work. Mm -hmm. And we have to learn to break free from that conditioning and to honor where we're at, no matter what that looks like. If that Mm -hmm. looks like five days of canceling everything you have then you do that. And if it's not possible, really looking at it, like, does this life I'm living right now support me? Mm-hmm. And I think that's the hardest part is I have felt a lot of times in the past, like, no, it doesn't support you because you have to show up. You have mm-hmm. to, there is no leniency for so many jobs that people have, you know, there mm-hmm. isn't the option. And it feels like it is a privilege to be able to make these kind of boundaries for myself, but I'm trying to hold on to the, the truth that I feel that you can have this if you want. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, and so it's a hard yeah. thing because I recognize that it's a privilege to follow mm-hmm. boundaries when your body wants things, but also just really holding that like, but have you tried, <laughs> like, have you tried something different that would, yeah, that would support well, you holding, holding the vision for a world where like women are honored and our clocks are honored and our needs are honored. You know, it's, we're living in the male 24 hour clock where you show up anyways. And I was raised, you know, like it's interesting because to me it was very feminist that I was always told when you're on a period, you can do anything. Don't let it stop you from doing anything. You still go to work. You still go to school. You still show up, go to practice, go perform, 
you can do anything. Don't let it stop you. Like that's kind of more what I was. And, and so I would do that. And oh my gosh, I'm just kind of like, I think that, yes, I, I we acknowledge that like, that's such a privilege. And, and for me, even this is something I've been telling you, can I give myself that? Like I'm running my own business. Mm-hmm. And the other day I was thinking like, what am I going to start doing on days when I need to teach, but I just started bleeding yesterday and I don't want to like teaching yoga when you've just started is really like never fun. And where is that boundary, you know? Um, and, and I think so much of what I'm going through is giving myself that permission, but I want to reflect on just kind of the story that I feel like everyone starts with that. And it, and it bums me out a lot. And it concerns me of the story of like, well, I was put on birth control in high school. Yep. I wonder how many people listening right now are like, yep, me too. Didn't even really know any, anything about it. And for me, it was just because I had acne in high school and my dermatologist, is that why you got on it? It was a little bit of like, oh, it's kind of painful, but also acne, the two, like painful, like cramping and acne. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so my dermatologist wrote me a prescription for birth control and I started taking it and I was only on birth. I mean, 16 to like 19, you know, I think that's, I was only on it for that time. Um, but lately I've been thinking a lot about how like the most like, I, I feel like I, I won't say the most, no, the most depressed I was, was probably when I was 19. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, and I've always thought this, like when I was 16, something in me started feeling very down. And like, that's always been kind of part of my story when I'm reflecting, like what, why, when I was 16, did I get so down? Like, you know, what was it exactly? And there's a lot of things that it could have been, you know, like I was gay and I didn't want to do anything about it. And, (laughs) but it's weird. Like I go more to like the, but I started taking birth control. Like, it's not like I was that beat up about my queerness when I was 16. Like Mm -hmm. I was, I was concerned about so many other things. And so it's just interesting to reflect on that. And, um, and then I was the same. I was terrible at taking it. I was, it was just so not good for me. I know it wasn't good for me. And then lucky enough, I stopped taking it and just just stopped with any risk of getting pregnant ever again. Stopped <laughs> making those decisions. And, and so then I kind of fell into this like straight up ignorance. There's no chance of me being pregnant. I don't sleep with men anymore. I, whatever, it's gonna come and then it comes and then it goes and like, I don't care. I really stopped caring about it. And I got to a point where I was just getting such terrible cramps, like up all night. And like, I had a, my girlfriend who's still my girlfriend, she would be like, okay, I've had bad periods, but like, this is gnarly, you know, mm-hmm. just, just, just dying, just so much pain, incredible amounts of pain. And I went to the doctor, of course. It's so funny how we go. (laughs) I I went to the doctor. I'm like, oh, God. (laughs) Isn't it so funny how we're like, I just, it's like, I'm sorry. I've gotten to a point in my life where I just stopped doing that. I'm like, I'm going to go see anyone but my doctor. 
um, because all she said was, well, let's, um, let's put an IUD in. And I was just like, I don't need any birth control. She's like, no, it'll fix everything. And she was like really pushing this IUD. I was like, I did not come here to get birth control. Like I need help. Like I have really painful periods and I'm very concerned. And it was just like, the IUD is the answer. Like, what more can I give you? And I was just so upset. And I have seriously, I have gotten phone calls from my friends leaving the gyno crying because they're upset because they couldn't go. I've had friends who have like, I know the best health insurance in this state that are like bawling because they just had to pay like $300 for like a birth control pill that they didn't need. It was like the wrong one. And it's like, no one's giving them what they need. And it's like, Oh my goodness. So I feel like the next topic that I'm veering into that you really brought me into awareness again when you invited me into your little IG chat. Christina, birth control is not on my mind at all. <laughs> yes. Like, and I'm seeing this group chat of women just like talking about what they do, what they figured out, all this stuff. like man, I wish that this was on, I wish that men could take any responsibility for this. And I'm reading this group chat, just like, I had like, this is not something in my consciousness. Mm. And I started to feel this like pain and this like almost rage and this like compassion for all these young women, you know, however young you are when you become sexually active, that this is on you. Like it is on you to make sure that you don't bring a baby into this world. And I just wanted to offer you room to speak on that for everyone who feels enraged. Yeah. And actually something that I'm, I just thought of this, something that I'm the most enraged about is the <laughs> fact that I was never taught that there are only around six days out of the month that mm. it is possible for me to get pregnant. Mm -hmm. I thought that any day equal chance, there's this concept of like, what's that one? Um, it's like, um, it's just what I can't think of the, the phrase, but where it's just like, we're told when we're young, like you're so fertile, <laughs> like when you're young, <laughs> you're really fertile. Like it's be careful because that's the time when you're just, yeah. it'll be so easy and just that whole concept around being told that you probably will get pregnant if you don't, like, if basically if you don't um, not have sex or don't if you don't use condoms, which is also its own thing. Like, of course, that's true. But just this concept of I thought that you could get pregnant at any day. And that is just mm -hmm. so not true. And that is, to me, like, one of the biggest things that is, like, first- I'm really mad about that. <laughs> and I'm just, yeah, I really want to spread that too, because I noticed that because the burden falls on women, mm -hmm. that we are not trusting of our body. If we, even if we don't think that there's any possible chance that we could be pregnant, mm -hmm. we still, I have so many times myself and friends have pregnancy scares that mm -hmm. aren't really pregnancy scares, but they're just this mistrust of the body. It's like, mm -hmm. I, we're, yeah. we're taught, we're conditioned to be so scared of getting pregnant because 
that means you either have to have the baby and your whole life is ruined or find a way to get an abortion. And how are you going to do that? And how are you going to pay for it? And it's just like, it's not framed as something that we have control over. It's wow. just this out of control. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen to you, whether you like it or not based on one action that you do. So that to me is just anytime you're taking power away from women and telling women that they don't have power over something completely backwards <laughs> because women are like, I mean, our wombs literally make us these powerful, creative beings that are mm-hmm. so connected. And so it's like, where did it go? When did this change? And it's, I mean, of course you can trace it all back in history and you know exactly why it changed. And birth control did help a lot of things, right? Like when there was no way of stopping pregnancy and women really were put into that lifestyle of having mm-hmm. to be the mom, stay at home mom. And so it helped people. But yeah, the thing I've been looking at too recently is like, I've seen posts on Facebook about men getting vasectomies because they're reversible. And it's, it's just so hilarious that that is not, it's like no one, not very many men are thinking about that. And none of them, I've had so many times where also men would ask me, are you on birth control? And if I said no, they'd be like, why? (laughs) I'm like, you don't, do you want me to tell you why? (laughs) Like, let me, (laughs) all right, let's have a lecture right now. Like, cause it's just like, what, do you even know what you're talking about? No. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. don't act like it's just so much misinformation around it. And so much assumption that you must be on it in order to have safe, not pregnant sex, (laughs) like in order, in order to not become pregnant. And it's just so funny because it's just such a conditioning and it really is, takes a lot of work to break away from that. And it's something that I know is really tough because of the way we've been taught to be. It's like, Mm -hmm. it really is deeply ingrained from a really young age, I think. And so Yeah, I think one thing for me too, with, in terms of relationships with men is it's on them also to know, do they know where you're at in your cycle? Do they ask? Do they know what that means? Do they understand when you're ovulating? Do they understand when you say, no, you don't want to have sex during this time because you're fertile? Do they honor that? Do they, you know, all these things, it's like, they need to know this. This is not just a win topic. This is not Mm -hmm. just for women. Men Mm -hmm. need to understand this because it's in their best interest to understand how our bodies work and how to work with us also through all, excuse me, all the other things like our other symptoms and things and being more understanding and respectful of these different things that we go through that they don't. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot to it, I think, about open communication and letting it not be so taboo and really honoring if someone decides to not be on birth control and to not freak out about that. Because I think I've, I've experienced this where if I say I'm not on birth control, a man will like freak out. Wow. Oh my gosh. What? Like it's scary for them because now they're afraid that they're going to get me pregnant. And I'm like, what? Like there's also no trust that I know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And so it's, there's just so many layers of this mistrust. Mm-hmm. Women wow. have mistrust with themselves, mistrust with society, mistrust with partners. Like it's, 
it's just across the board. And Oof. yeah, it, it takes a lot to really stand in that power of, I understand my body. I'm going to learn how it works and I will know how to protect myself. I will know how to make sure that I do or don't get pregnant, whether you're trying to, or that you're not. And yeah, there's just so much misinformation. It's kind of mind blowing. <laughs> what I really I know. I'm, I'm kind of like, damn, we have, we have a lot to cover here. Um, because then I like, <laughs> yeah, no, there's like so many true. other things. Yeah. It's like, I, I don't understand why the male vasectomy is not a more widely accepted option. I just, I mean, I, I think we could, we could really, really rabbit hole into like a whole conversation about just like masculine fragility and, and and all of that stuff and and i think that it is pretty oppressive to keep that responsibility on women um but anyways women if you're listening the first step <laughs> the first step is he should really be caring for you when you're in that time you know and giving you space and giving you everything that you need and 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 i think that's that's where i'd like to bring this conversation is so when we're having the first few days of our cycle, which means the bleeding has started, mm -hmm. tell us for anyone who just really hasn't ever given themselves this space, what is best for us? Yeah, and this is a really big, important step <laughs> because I think that if we cannot honor first and the first day of our cycle, Mm -hmm. like okay it's we most people experience the the most intense symptoms the heaviest bleeding at the beginning and so it is really important to listen to your body in that time and everyone knows this you typically will be fighting these different symptoms when you go about your day so one thing is just if you are aware of your cycle keeping it in mind so maybe you're not planning big events around or on that day. And even if you don't track your cycle, having the ability to hold a boundary and cancel. Sometimes you have to cancel things. Sometimes you have to completely change an event and maybe it affects other people a lot. Mm -hmm. That's the truth. Maybe it really will impact something, but at the end of the day, it's like, it's such an important time to go inward. And I've struggled a lot with this. It's like, it, my period would kind of sneak up on me or especially with my really late, um, my late cycles, even on the farm, I would, I would have already committed to, okay, yeah, well, let's meet at the farm at nine. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And yeah, let's go. And then I'll start my period, like right when I wake up and I'm just like, oh, but somehow I'm like really needed. And if this mm -hmm. other person doesn't show up, then there's always the circumstance. There's always this context that in my mind is like, you have to show up, you have to show mm -hmm. up, you have to be there show up for your responsibility, like be the person who goes through it anyway. And every time I do that, it's always like, I just feel guilt for myself. Like it's like that self-betrayal feeling of, I did not honor where I was Ooh. at. I pushed through and I didn't mm -hmm. want to, yeah. I didn't even want to do it. And I did. And that sentence is not something that should be in our daily life. Like you should not feel that ever. I didn't want to do it, but I, like literally that just doesn't make sense. Yeah. And if that's something that anyone does feel kindly, compassionately looking at it and seeing, you know, looking more into it. I know sometimes there's, we don't even notice it sometimes 
But for me, an important thing to do on your first, the first day of your cycle, if you are able to remove yourself from work and things like that is actually like really taking the time for yourself. So that does not mean just sitting on your bed, scrolling through your phone or even watching Netflix. Like, and I think Netflix is great. And I think being able to do those kinds of things, but I mean, really going inwards, like literally like laying outside and under a tree and just laying there or going to, I don't even know, just somewhere that you feel really safe and comfortable that you can journal Mm -hmm. and meditate and listen to music, something that just connects you to what makes you feel happy, but Mm -hmm. doesn't that doesn't mean you putting in a lot of effort. So like, if you really like to play basketball, no, don't go do that. But just like really remembering that here, I'll bring up a story that really helps. So there's a book called the red tent and Mm. it's a story about how um, women used to be um, separated from their village, tribe, community, whoever they're around while they're on their period. And they would be served everything they needed, food and water, and just by themselves, literally in prayer, meditation, ceremony. Um, yeah, and it's it's meant for that, that time of being able to honor that you are so intuitively connected that you are connected to spirit that your body is able to birth life and it didn't. Mm. And that's why we're bleeding is you did not create a baby. Mm-hmm. So it's, it really, it, every single time it's this ceremony of release. You're releasing this, this life that did not come through you every single time. And so the lighter it can be on that day, like, it's almost like really, it's not really what you should do. It's like, you should just be, and it's like, that's hard do. because <laughs> right, right. It's like, there, it's not more like check off this list of things you should do. Um, but really like, can you just be, be with yourself and you're really take advantage of that internal reflective state, which I know, like you were saying, it's not fun to be in that all the time when you're trying to get things done. But especially on that first day, it's like, it's such a, it's such a gift to, that our bodies create that type of environment, that type of circumstance that when you Mm -hmm. follow it, it's like, it's so rejuvenating. And something I have found is that I experience so much less pain when I don't push through anything. If I do push through something, I'll actually give myself cramps. Like I've done that where I'll go do like a heavy farm day or even not even heavy. I'll just go do some stuff and I'll even tell people, Hey, I'm not really going to be doing heavy stuff. Even still it's, I feel more symptoms versus Mm -hmm. when I just say I'm not available. And I think something that was really cool at the farm that I was living at is that we were told that the first day of our period was a given off of work. What? So yeah, people would always just completely take that off. And It's funny because even if that was a rule, there's times when I didn't totally follow it because, because of all these contexts and my own Mm -hmm. issues with my trying to show up so much and just Mm -hmm. be that leader. And I'm trying to, I don't even know what I was trying to do, but (laughs) it's definitely something that I saw other people take advantage of really often and effectively, like every month, like, Hey, not available. And it's Mm -hmm. like, it's such a beautiful thing because 
that's our right to do that. (laughs) I really believe that. And I, I'm really open to talking with people who think that that's not true or that think that that can't be possible for them and Mm -hmm. just really trying to find ways to support people Mm -hmm. to make that type of transition possible. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think it's really just, yeah. We're holding that vision for, again, women to be honored for the cycles that they're in. And I love that that was a rule at the farm. And actually, so once that, I remember being in the waiting room of that doctor, I started Googling books about you know, periods and menstruation. And I found this gorgeous book called Wild Power. And actually my mom gave me the red tent. I totally have an old copy of that. I'm gonna go read it now. But um, Wild Power, I believe that's what it is called. That book really, really helped me because it, it was the same thing. Like the first day you, they would even say, call it your red, your red tent. You mm-hmm. are in your own sacred space. No one bothers you. You're not asked to do one thing. No one asks you to do anything. And you're just like internal. And in, in, in Ayurveda and in, I'm going to turn on my lamp here. And um, it's funny when I'm in like Nepal and I'm in Southeast Asia, there are places where if you're on your period, um, they don't want you to go in. And people always ask me if that's like a Buddhist thing. It's not, it's more of a Vedic thing. And they're like, it's because they think women are dirty. And no, it's not because they think women are dirty. It's because they think women should be at home with themselves taking care. Like you don't need to be, you don't need to be at the temple cleaning. You don't need to be at the temple giving offerings. Mm -hmm. You don't need to be out and about. They say to not go in the kitchen because you don't need to be cooking. You don't need to be doing anything. And that episode that I sent you about that Ayurvedic um, teacher, she was like, when my daughters are on their periods, like all the men in the house are serving them. I'm cooking them cooling foods all day. That was a big thing. Cooling foods, anything that's going to bring calming, bring the temperature down, staying, you know, letting, staying grounded. And I think that's the biggest thing I've learned is about staying grounded so that the energetic body can just flow into the earth and have that Mm -hmm. restoration. And I just love that. It was like, no, it's, it's not because we're dirty. It's because you shouldn't be doing anything. You should be at home connecting with yourself and with spirit. And this book, it really didn't talk about like hormones or science or anything. It was about the spirituality of what you're experiencing. And so that's when I started tracking my cycle. And what I would do, this, this is when I was serving tables. So for anyone who's listening, who's like, oh, I can't. I would notice, okay, I'm probably going to start on the 17th. I would request that day off from work and they would give me the day off. And then that day I would start my period and I would just get to relax all day and do what I needed to do. And after literally two months of doing that, I stopped having all symptoms. Completely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then things were chill. And then I stopped paying attention to my period again. Like, and it's like, I've cycled through it. And now I'm having an experience again where Last week, I did not honor myself. Mm-hmm. I did not give myself that first day off. And I'm, I think that as someone who's like a healer and guide, I need to find that line because I gave a Reiki session that Friday. And I always, whenever I have Reiki sessions in person, I'm always like, oh, I'm on my period. I don't want to do that. 
but then I do it and I'm like, oh my God, this is the most powerful session ever. Like my hands are on fire. I'm so deep. I'm so in there. I feel like I am so much more spiritually active when I am bleeding. And so it's funny how this week I'm like, there's got to be some line here that I need to find with myself because I really love working on people when I feel that power. And mm -hmm. I also need to, you know, find that boundary of, of being with myself. So it's like, women, people with periods, can we just give ourselves that first day? Can we just start there? Right. It's such a good step. It's so important. And it's funny. I'm, I actually was thinking of another thing too, from that, a concept from that book. And also what you're talking about with the temples, like not allowing women. Mm -hmm. Another reason was of being secluded is women on their period were not allowed to be in ceremonies with other people because their field is so strong and open. It's actually not helpful to the other people that are in ceremony. It's like so powerful. Like what you experience, so powerful mm -hmm. that it's like, okay, gotta be, <laughs> gotta be separate over there. <laughs> so I think that that in itself is just like, it was true then it's true. Now it's always mm -hmm. been true. It's always going to be true. It's a very powerful potent time. If you put the space for it to be, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the the first day is like a huge step towards that and just really allowing yourself to view your cycle with compassion. And that's another huge thing I've that I really had to work with of like trying to just change my language around it. It's not, oh, I got my period. It's yay, I got it. Yes. I'm on it. Now I get to do this me time. Now I get to be inward. Now I get to take care of my body, take care mm -hmm. of my physical body, take care of my mental body, take mm -hmm. care of my spirit. I get to do that. And it's like, that is a hard shift because I mean, I think everyone can look back on some point in their life where they made some comment about their own body, their mm -hmm. own blood with disgust mm -hmm. or shame or annoyance. Mm -hmm. It's something that I actually thought about this. I would like found a statistic because I'm very um, you know, like that. <laughs> and it was talking about how, um, the average woman, woman, um, menstruates it's like for 38 years. And then I, I was thinking about that and I'm like, okay, would you ever be friends with someone that you like, would you really stay friends with someone for 38 years? If every time you were like, Oh, like, <laughs> I, I hate this. Like, and I just thought about it. I'm like, it's the same thing. It's like, yeah. there's no reason to look at it with this disgust. And I think that that's a huge part of causing pain. I really think that, and I don't, I don't think that's the only thing, but it's just oh, that yeah. attention and care. If you're paying attention, if you're honoring, if you're respectful, if you're, you can literally use your hands, place them on your womb and mm -hmm. literally talk to her mantras. Mm -hmm. You are beautiful. I care about you. I'm learning to take better care of you. It doesn't even have to be like, you know, everything, but even that simple step, like I, I don't experience cramps and I haven't yeah. for over eight wow. months now, nine months. And I can still feel, I'll have like, I, I can tell when it's coming and on my first day, so I'll have like some tension, like almost, mm -hmm. it feels, I call it like contraction. I can feel some contraction, but it's not to the same degree. And so it's like, or unless I cause them by overworking myself, Yeah, but I think that that is probably one of the biggest steps too, is just look at the way you talk about your own body, the way you talk about your own blood, the way you react when someone brings it up or talks about it. It's just, it's kind of this 
this thing, once you bring it into your awareness and if it's a negative relationship, I would bet it might mean that there are some negative symptoms and experiences. Yeah. And seeing as this is something that happens for so many years, it's like, okay, well, are you going to keep dealing with it every year, every month, the same <laughs> and yeah. just, just keep doing that. Like yeah. it's, it, it, it's almost crazy to think that way. When you really put it in that perspective, mm-hmm. it's like, wait, no, I don't want to do that. Why would I do that? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. And it's like, what if, I don't know, while I was reading this book, I, I got like, gosh, all the things I was robbed of in my young feminine adolescence. It's like, why didn't anyone get excited for me? Like, why wasn't anyone celebrating when I got my period? Wasn't, why wasn't it like, I was so afraid to get it. And I'm not really sure like why, which is really, I'm like, why was I so afraid? Like, what like weird distortion is that fear in, you know, of like becoming a woman? Is it like the inherent fear of becoming a woman, you know? Anyways, but I just think back, like reading that book, it's so funny how I have these moments where like, now I want to be a mom. I haven't wanted to have kids before, but now I want to have a kid. I want to have a baby. I want her to be a girl so that she can be excited about when she has her period and be like celebrated and honored. And like, what if we, you know, what if we told you, and maybe you're getting this, that this is like the most spiritual part of your month when like your meditations are so deep, when you know, my like Reiki practice, like the Reiki that I give myself when I'm on my cycle is incredible. It's amazing. It's like, you're so tuned in to yourself. And it's a beautiful, because then on the other side of that cycle, like when you're ovulating is when you're just like so confident and so magnetic and everyone's looking at you and you feel so beautiful and you're so outward and you're like killing it at work and you're doing all these amazing things. And I think for me coming into attunement with the day to day of that flow is what literally cured all of my symptoms. And, mm. and then it's like, okay, Jane, we well, have to stay paying attention to it. You can't just like, <laughs> it's like I got off the wagon of caring and then it came yeah. to hurt me. Yeah. And that happens too, even with, even as much as I love learning about it and talking about it, there's still times when life happens and there's stuff gets in the way and I don't take care of myself in the way that I would like to. And I just remind myself that, all right, now, now you can now, like, it's like, okay, today, now I can. It's like, there's, I always have that of like, okay, literally you can restart at any time mm-hmm. oh you choose. God. Once yeah. you realize, Ooh, I kind of fell off. It's like, it doesn't matter. Keep going. It's like, just keep going. It's just like really that, that knowing that you will get back to the place that you want to be. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, if you're listening to this and you're feeling inspired, like what day are you on in your cycle? If you don't know, like go look at when your period started, what day are you on? Write it down in your journal. I'm on day eight. This is how I'm feeling. Right. And I wait, I wrote down what you said emotional and physical body and note the sign of the moon. How are you physically? How are you emotionally? And then you get so tapped in like the way that I start to feel about other people starts to become so unbearable. I turn into like in my mind, I become such a bitch to people all of a sudden. And that's like, oh, okay. I know that it's coming. You just, you get there and, and 
And yeah, I just hope that we're inspiring some people to uh, get in there and, and be more clear about it. Um, so my last question about for you, and I think this is like, yeah, this is specifically for you. Um, what is your favorite ritual that you practice around your moon time that may inspire mm. someone? Hmm. I think that I really like womb meditations, honestly. I really like, and it's kind of similar to like what I've learned from you with self-Reiki and just really you can cultivate energy in your in your hands and place them on your womb. And I really love I mean, the whole thing, setting the space, like you can honestly make an entire little ceremony out of it. It's mm -hmm. really a time for just you to have all of your favorite things, everything that makes you feel comfortable and happy and safe. And to just visualize even just something that you're releasing, what are you letting go of this month? And something I really try to tune into what what no longer serves me? Like what is holding me back right now in myself? That's, I really, again, I really try to, you know, it's like not external. It's not like, okay, this thing in my life isn't working right now. So once that's gone, then we'll be good womb. <laughs> it's like, it's like, Inside. what am I doing? Yeah. What can I do? And like something I'm really working with and it's, it's harder. It is hard for me because I recognize that I have a lot of work still to do around it, even as much as I feel I've done is really tuning in to the voice of my womb, like trying to tap into that in meditation wow. kind of, or even the feeling of like, what, what, what's actually happening in there and all of the intricate, complex, beautiful anatomy that makes up our womb space and isolating, trying to isolate different parts and imagining white light just glowing from that place. You can literally imagine golden light actually shooting out of you, filling the entire inside of your womb space. And that's what's so beautiful too, is like, it's an open space. It holds, mm -hmm. it literally has that capacity and just trying to imagine what do I want it to hold? What do I want to be stored within me? And just really keeping it on that, that light note of like, it's the lightness. What lightness do I want to fill me, fill me up literally from the inside. And yeah, I think that's really powerful. And I think that I really, I love the mantra of I am dedicated. I am passionate about taking care of you. I will honor you. I will respect you. I will treat you with love and kindness and compassion and patience mm -hmm. <laughs> and yeah it's like it's really this intricate relationship to something that is a part of us it's it's definitely a journey though it doesn't it didn't happen for me overnight you know yeah. even that that type of practice has felt foreign to me or uncomfortable or even silly mm -hmm. to, to think that way like why would I be doing that <laughs> and it's 
it's definitely takes time to get more comfortable with it and to take it at your own pace. I think it's, there is no, no right or wrong way to do it. And yeah, also I don't have a, I have not had a bathtub while I've been in Hawaii so far, but I really like baths too, where I can just be in the darkness with like, even if I, if I can find like salts or dried herbs and I'll put like crystals around and candles. It's like, it's so, it feels so intimate and just even just like rubbing my body and just like really being in tune and trying to get into my body, like really connect because I feel that it's something it's really easy to disassociate and to just not, not have that deep connection. So that's something too, that Mm -hmm. if available, baths are always really nice and can create that kind of container for yourself that, Mm. you know, maybe like 30 to hour long. I don't know how long people sit in their bath, but (laughs) (laughs) I love that. And I think that what you're really speaking to, which is not easy, but I think that's a lot of us, you know, if you're listening, I think this is part of the work you might be here to do, learning to listen to our body. Mm -hmm. Like, if your body, if your cycle is out of control and all over the place and not feeling good, that's, like you said, it's just a vital sign. To me, maybe the most important of letting you know where you're at. And, and I had this student asking me a question about like, can we really heal from diseases through this work? Mm. And I'm like, oh, have I not been clear enough about that? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, absolutely. This is healing work. Like, like, Mm -hmm. uh, because once we start to listen, and what I've noticed is that when I'm having terrible cramps, it's my body going, you didn't give me any rest. So now I'm going to make you rest. I'm going to literally grab you by the womb and drag you into bed and make you stay there until you finally, I literally feel like when I have cramps, my body is like, we're going to stay here until you relax. You think you're (laughs) relaxing, but you're not relaxing. We're going to stay right here. And that's when I'll like do the Reiki and like get some peppermint oil and like make some raspberry Uh. tea and just like get so, and I really try to keep the energy, like the warmth in my womb and like get that fire going there. And And I wait until, and that's something I learned from wild power is like, try not to take a bunch of painkillers, like try not to take a bunch of ibuprofen or anything like just, and I love how you started, started this conversation with my body's supposed to be able to handle this. Like my body is literally made to go through this and it's made to shed this layer and release what is no longer serving me, release these old aspects of myself and to Mm -hmm. be cleared and just being in that like deep space with yourself, then we can become more aware of the patterns in our lives and noticing, oh, this isn't good. I would like to take care of this. This is is, seriously, you guys, this is how we prevent diseases. This is how we prevent serious physical illnesses. Yeah. And that's actually something I really wanted to point out because you brought this up, the idea of not caring about your cycle because you're not afraid of getting pregnant. And what I'm learning from my book though, Mm -hmm. is that 
it's not your period necessarily that is like what we care about. It's the fact that you ovulate. If you don't ovulate, you you are taking away from these biological reserves that are meant for after menopause. Mm. Like literally every ovulation matters as a woman, whether you care to get pregnant or not. Even if Mm. you decide I never want to get pregnant, I don't care. It's not a part of my life. I don't need Mm -hmm. that. It's still so important. And it has links to all sorts of illnesses later in life. And it makes sense. It's like, it's literally like, think about the fact that your body wants to shed. It wants to do this process. It needs to do this process and anything you do either because of hormonal birth control or um, any other underlying symptom that's causing this, that's showing up in this sign. It's like you're taking away from a natural process and learning that is like, I think really key because that really brings it to the point that this is important for all everyone who bleeds to know (laughs) because it's not just if you do or don't want to get pregnant. Mm -hmm. And it's like, and it's, it's interesting too, because I never want to make the statement that no one should be on hormonal birth control. I, I definitely don't want to ever advocate for something like that when I know there's so many situations and opinions and circumstances that um, make that the right choice. But for me, it's just that there is no informed consent. It's what you're talking mm-hmm. about. When you go to the doctor, they don't tell you anything. There is mm-hmm. no consent, informed consent with birth control. Mm-hmm. No side effects, no education. They don't even know what they're talking about. Like there's so much science out there that they just don't either know or care to share, or I don't even want to get into why they do that. But (laughs) it's like, there's so much research that shows that this is something that is so vital for our bodies to go through. And ultimately we will be the ones to pay the price if we don't. Mm -hmm. And it's like, and it's for me too, it's like, there's ways to live without getting pregnant with your own awareness with charting and all these different methods. And there's like layers upon layers of ways that you can do that. Mm -hmm. And I think it it can take some time to get into. And really, like you had said too, like the hormones, there's a lot to learn biologically what happens. You can seed cycle, you can change what you eat. You can, there's a lot of different things you can do, but um, yeah, I think it's just about realizing that it's more than just something that happens to you. It's something that will affect you if you don't start to listen. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, just like reaching out, reaching out if you need help. There's so many people I follow (laughs) that are Mm -hmm. some sort of um, even coach for it. Like Mm -hmm. really, it's something that I'm like, I hope to be able to get to that point where I feel that I can lead people through that and learn about it enough to do that but seek other sisters you know seek seek Mm -hmm. even just talking about it it's like we don't realize how much there is to talk about until you start and then everyone could have their own podcast (laughs) about their own period and it really (laughs) is enlightening and connecting to to share about it with others and to feel that oneness that we are Mm -hmm. and I think that's really powerful too Yeah. I mean, if we want to hold this higher vision, we keep talking about where women's needs and women's cycles are central to, you know, the world. We -hmm. do all need to get together and have these conversations. And so I'm sure that everybody listening is feeling super inspired right now. 
and like I, I feel like I've been saying this a lot lately like make a woman's circle make a moon circle you know get your women together like we really all need to be creating more connection with each other and you could have a night where this is a topic there's like so many topics within this topic you know right. which is why I'm excited for you to step into more of a leadership role with this stuff because I know that you have so much to share and again these are situations where it doesn't matter so much how much you know Christina it matters so much that women just start having these conversations and supporting each other and helping each other learn more because right tracking my cycle shouldn't be this huge mind-blowing life-changing thing it should be so normal mm-hmm. so well, so for the people that have fallen in love with you that want to come meet you and get to know you, where can they find you? Well, I am on Instagram. My name is very um, <laughs> easy <laughs> right now because it's uh, Christina, C-H, Christina, underscore Winkler, one. Um, <laughs> currently in the process, actually, what you're even speaking to of I'm looking to change my Instagram name and kind of create this new I don't I don't like using the word brand because I feel I'm very like oh don't put me (laughs) in that world but just create something that's more um a cohesive vision of all the things I'm trying to do so stay tuned for a name change (laughs) but that's how you can find me for now and um yeah as of right now I have started a um, sustainable period products group chat, which we had a Zoom call for. We haven't really used the group much in the last couple months, but it's something that I'd love to keep doing and talk about what products we're using and what you said too about just sharing stories and things. And I'm super open to talking to anyone about their personal circumstances or, um, yeah, probably this has all been really motivating for me to like start things too. So there'll probably be other group calls and things just to oh, yes. just to have that space. Because once you start, you're like, oh my gosh, I didn't know yeah. that there was so much to learn and talk about. <laughs> yeah, um, I'll just use my psychic eye that there you'll be having a masterclass soon that you're going to invite all the people to. And <laughs> From there, it's just going to be opening up, you know, I just, yeah, I hope that everyone listening not only feels like they have a deep sisterhood with me and Christina, we're here for you, we love you, whoever you are, Um, but I also hope that you feel inspired to honor yourself more, start paying attention to your cycle, write down what day you are right now, tune into how that feels right now and start from there and if you feel inspired by anything reach out to christina i know she would absolutely love to hear from you and connect with you yes and also my final note is just if all of this has sounded like crazy talk because you're you do not feel in any way shape or form connected or happy about your period that's Mm -hmm. okay Mm -hmm. you know it's like i really remember one year ago i was not even on this same realm Mm -hmm. so like it really takes it takes just that first step. But then Mm -hmm. once you really get started, then it all becomes, it all opens up. Something that I thought about too, was even calling my period, my moon, moon cycle. A year ago, I was like, that is so dumb. (laughs) Why would people (laughs) call it that? Like, I just didn't get it. I had no, I had no context for it. I didn't understand Mm -hmm. what that, 
even meant or why I would refer to it in that way? Why would I like, it's just, it seems so foreign to me. And so it's like, really wherever you're at, no matter what you feel and not all circumstances are the same. Some people don't even like to identify as a woman and they have a period and Mm -hmm. they don't like it. You know, like there's so many circumstances that can affect your relationship, but um, yeah, just starting, taking that first step (laughs) is, is that's Mm -hmm. all you got to do. Yeah. I mean, you kind of make me reflect back to like fifth, was it fifth grade god third grade oh when the public schools would have those really uncomfortable like guest speakers come in and they'd split up the girls and the boys and they would pretty much tell us like you're gonna get a period soon and here's how you deal with it but you don't let those boys in the other room know about it and this lady was telling us how to keep it like low-key and like all the you know how to keep it so that nobody knows and I've caught myself when I say like I'm on my moon cycle I'm like is it because I don't want to say period or is it because I like saying moon instead? Like, you know, how much am I censoring the reality of what I'm going through? Um, so I just, uh, I want to talk all night about this stuff. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I'm sorry. It's so like, <laughs> there's like so many little pieces. Yeah. But, you know, we will continue these conversations um you know i we could do another show where we check back in and and see what we've learned you know and see how it's going for everyone else and um yeah i think that's all now and best of luck on your new journey on the big island and your new setting freelancing and i'm just so excited for all of the new things coming your way my love thank you so much i know it's so it's so just mind-blowing to think about where it all started like it really did start from working with you and at that time I just felt so like what am I doing like nothing feels right like this is just not how it's supposed to be (laughs) it's just so I feel like I feel like I've just like entered a whole different reality it's like not I can't even relate to who I was a year ago it's like not the same so I'm always just eternally grateful for that initial connection that allowed us to learn and grow with each other and yeah it's just been a really beautiful experience oh my gosh well I am grateful for you my very first ever sanctuary student I'm the OG I can't believe (laughs) yeah I like it's crazy how much things it's just you know crazy what can happen in a year you guys like if you're in a place in your life where you're in the middle of fucking Kansas doing a job you don't want to do or you're just starting your business and you have one client that believes in you, you could be a year later, like all your dreams have come true. And then you guys are just on a podcast talking about how literally in the last year, we've both quantum leaped like five years worth of time. It's amazing. Ooh, yes, that's what it is. Oh my gosh, you're the best. I will definitely have you back to the show. I love you so much. And I hope you have just a beautiful rest of your day. Thank you so much, Jane. Okay, my love. Thanks, everybody. Ah, didn't that just feel warm and loving? (sighs) Yeah, I just, Christina's such a dear soul sister. I loved that episode so much, and I hope you're feeling inspired. Reach out to us if you, you know, just want to connect, if you want to talk about anything you heard on the show. 
And if you want to join Sunrise Zoom Yoga, my virtual yoga studio for this winter season, get in touch with me ASAP. You can have free classes with us for the next two weeks before our doors close up until next spring and summer. I'm so excited to welcome you in, my love. And no matter where you are in your day today, I hope you know that you are so loved. You are so needed. 